in the middle of the night, I woke up because the pain couldn't allow me to sleep. My neck was sore, my spine was rioting, my joints, my, I was a mess. I was a mess. I woke up, I was crying, and because I was new on the job, I was like, how, like, this, this cannot be happening to me. So that night I was, I was overwhelmed, I was, like no this cannot be happening to me and in all of that i just began to hit my body uncontrollably i began to hit my head and the thing is many times we think that when things like this happen people have lost control of their senses i remember so vividly and somehow um i i think i blacked out or i slept off Hello, my name is Helen Alkiring and I'm 34 years old. I'm a social worker, a leadership resource person, and I am passionate about helping youth and women to discover their potential for transformative leadership. I am also a feminist and a researcher, and I am interested in creating media tools and platforms that can help people improve their leadership acumen, but also transform their lives. I am elated to be on the show, and I hope by sharing my story, you will be inspired. This is my mindful story. In January 2020, I applied for a job at a women's organization, a women's rights NGO that does work to end violence against women and children. A lover of all things women and children myself, you can imagine how excited I was to take up the job. Forced, the interview process was lengthy. I think it was three or four steps but I endured through all of it. And in EPO, I began to work. But as you remember, EPO was also when the COVID lockdown officially kicked in, at least in Uganda. So we had to work at home. So I was taking on a new job in an entirely new context, but I was determined. My work consisted of different things, you know. Um, we were planning programs on self-care for women across the continent. And as you know, um, the tension and distress that the COVID-19 pandemic created meant so many people were going through different things in their homes. My work, a typical work day, a typical work day consisted of Zoom calls, um, you know, writing concepts, writing out things. There was a lot of writing, but there was a lot of Skype calling because we were now learning to work from home. By the end of the month, um, I, was, I was starting to feel, uh, I don't know how I'm doing here. My body was, I had an anemia scare. By the end of the first month, I was feeling a bit sickly. I thought, mm, it's probably malaria. So I treat, I actually self-medicated. I took, I took malaria tabs because I know, you know, that feeling. But the symptoms persisted. When that happened, my mom said, you know what, go and see a doctor. When I went to see a doctor, um, they were concerned and said, you know, I had had an anemia scare. Um, so they just told me, you know, up your 
vitamin and iron game. So I said, cool. So I got, you know, I took the doctor's advice and went back into things full swing. One of the things I remember around that time was there was a lot of pressure happening. You guys remember during that whole COVID season, there were job cuts like crazy. People were cut, you know, were losing jobs. People were getting out of work. They were getting half pay. So the pressure to keep uh, my job was high. But importantly, I was also thankful because our the organization that employed me said nobody was going to lose their job thanks to the covid pandemic so i'm not one to take opportunities like that for granted i was determined to make it work knowing how lucky i was to still have my job so guys i got my grind on like i was i worked i did not want to be late on any deadline but i was also doing zoom calls and because we had um colleagues in the US that meant you know would have emails coming in sometimes at 1 a.m. you know and at first I thought well you know you can respond to this in the morning <laughs> shock on me I would wake up and find like a thread like people have responded to emails that kept coming in at 1 a.m. so I told myself Helena you need to up your game here um, and after a while, you know, that was that was it. it was Skype calls, Zoom calls, you know, working on things and, you know, emails working across time zones and stuff like that. After a while, uh, my body began to hurt. Uh, my body began to hurt so so much i remember my spine my neck i would tell my brother my brother is a fitness junkie and i would tell him my joints are hurting it's like it's because you don't exercise but this is the thing by the end of the workday, i'd be too tired to exercise like exercise was the last thing on my mind so i began to take painkillers to be able to work i would wake up it started with um i think i would first take diclofenac then I went to diclofenac gel. Then, you know, I, I think I started, I started using muscle relaxants because my body hurt so much, you guys. The pain was so excruciating. But, 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 I had a job to keep. I was determined. So I would take the painkillers and that would push me through the day. Also, because, you know, um, I was, you know, going non-stop, I would use like zoom calls you know how when a zoom call starts and yeah after everyone's face has been seen shh, myself i would rather uh videos off i would use that chance to quickly eat breakfast like something snack on something before they tell us to have our videos on um so yeah i wasn't i wasn't eating as well as i should um so it continued it continued um before i knew it i was my body was literally on fire i felt so much pain but i also found myself constantly sad like i was always on the verge of of tears i like whenever i would think of a zoom call i would just be like not another one i was getting you know remote working fatigue i was fed up and also because of where we are this part of the globe the network is a bit is not that good the internet connectivity so after every call, I would have these headaches from struggling to hear. Um, long story short, that continued, that continued. I also noticed that in my workplace, um, there was an interesting culture. We had, we, we worked with, you know, um, one, of our, one of our people we worked with is, 
is an American, you know. So we, I, I, I don't know whether it was organization culture, but I noticed there was no dissent, like whatever she went, she said went. Um, and I noticed, you know, you would try and suggest things here and there, like you would look like crazy because everybody would, would be quiet. And you know, this time we were chatting mostly doing our work on whatsapp groups so you would suggest something ah oh, me i'm that person because i'm i'm i have a creative streak in me so ideas come like that so i would suggest different ways we would do things and i i would notice at first i let it slide i would notice there would be silence uh but then when someone else posts the the director to be exact everybody would be throwing emojis and things like that so I started thinking, is the problem with me? Like, why does that happen? But well, I let it slide, you know, but I noticed. Um, and, and it continued, you know, it, it was things like that. It was, there was no dissent, it was that kind of culture. Whew. And then um, on the night, I remember of 20, 22nd May, um, the, actually the date, 22nd May um, I I woke up I wasn't myself but there was also a lot happening at work you know I was um, I was starting to feel like I'm not welcome here or there's something I'm missing so I was I, I wasn't myself I wasn't in a good place I remember the zoom call I took that day um, having to do a check-in on the call with the rest of my colleagues and they asked you know how are you how are things going and i remember i couldn't i couldn't even speak because i was struggling to hold back tears and you know how you feel like you're not yourself you're struggling to hold back tears but you are in a new organization you you don't know maybe it's just you so on that last call i i struggled to hold back tears because you know, I, I felt like the people I was speaking to and the people I worked with were two different people. So I was thinking maybe it's just me. I was feeling isolated. I was feeling like, hmm, you know, you're, you're being a mismatty pants or something like that. That day went and um, the moment that call was done, I went to my room because I was so tired. I was in pain. I just slipped off. I was crying. I remember I just kept crying uncontrollably. I was just sad. I I was sad, but I had to be strong because I needed to keep my job. So, um, I remember that evening, my sister Winnie came to wake me up for supper, for dinner, and I, I couldn't care. My appetite by this time was gone. Like I did, I did not want to eat. So I just went back to sleep. In the middle of the night, I woke up because the pain couldn't allow me to sleep. My neck was sore, my spine was rioting, my joints, my, I was a mess. I was a mess. I woke up, I was crying, and in all of that, um, something, someone in the office had accused me, I think, of using, of, use, of misusing office data. And because I was new on the job, I was like, how like this this cannot be happening to me so that night i was i was overwhelmed i was like no this cannot be happening to me so that night i got up i was i remember i was crying and in all of that i just began to hit my body uncontrollably i began to hit my head and the thing is many times we think 
that when things like this happen, people have lost control of their senses. I remember so vividly. I began to hit my head uncontrollably. I, you know, I was just, I was not myself. I was crying. I, I remember saying things. I remember saying, you know, I, I was fighting like there were voices in my mind. I, like, I, I am not a thief. I've done many things in my life, but why, what have I done to these people? You know, why, why am I being treated like this? So all of that was happening. Um, and somehow, um, I, I think I blacked out or I slipped off. In the morning, I woke up and I was on my sister's bed. I wasn't on my bed. I was on my sister's bed because I share a room with my sister. Hi, Cindy. I share a room with her. So I was on her bed. Uh, fortunately, she wasn't in the room. She had gone to stay with another friend of ours who was due to give birth around that time. So I was alone in the room. In the morning, my brother uh, comes, you know, and checks on me and says, Helena, did you have a Zoom call in the night? I heard you speaking. Are you okay? You don't seem fine. I hadn't even realized that I was, like, he was able to hear everything. I didn't realize I was speaking that loud. At that point, my brother said, you know what? Um, I think where things have reached, you do not look yourself. You don't look okay. We need to get help. I know you love your job. I know it's a gift, but you need to get help. So my family decided that it was time to go and see a doctor. A psychiatric doctor. Like, yeah. That... That messed with me because I, like I had never, I'd never um, imagined I would go to a psychiatric hospital. My, um, my cousin, I have a cousin who's a counselor. Before I went to see the doctor, I called her, walked her through what had happened. And she also said, you know what, with symptoms like that, I think go and do what we call a psychiatric assessment. That's the surest way we can understand what's happening. Um, so I, organized myself first of all it was scary um my mom was not around so we're going to do this with my friends um and yeah we whew, we had to go to see a psychiatrist we went to butabika referral hospital in luzira and before i went i um, notified the office of everything that had happened and got official sick leave i got permission and yeah when to get sick leave. The office offered insurance cover, but because I felt like I was not sure what I was dealing with at this point from you know being accused to using office data, I said, no, 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 I want my privacy respected. So I said, I'd cover the cost of healthcare myself. So I went to Butavika with my friends. Um, and that experience will be for another day because it was very, very eye-opening. But when we went to see the doctor, I was diagnosed with an adjustment disorder. Basically, my body was just struggling to adjust. Having to take on a new job during lockdown situations was just too much for my body to handle. But also, I was diagnosed with myalgia. So all that pain that I was feeling, all that pain in my spine, my neck, was really my body or my muscles absorbing stress. 
I did not know you guys that muscles actually have memory like they can remember so what they were doing was absorbing whatever stress I was dealing with and keeping it so that pain I kept getting was like trauma in my body I saw a psychiatrist it wasn't as bad you guys as I had thought it would be of course there were things about the hospital that I was like okay but it wasn't it wasn't as bad um, I was diagnosed also with um, another condition because what happened during that time was with all this stress and tension um, I skipped like my period for that month didn't come so I was also like what's happening here I went to see my guy and they did tests and everything and I was also diagnosed with a condition called oligomonaria let me say that again oligonomeria yeah the stress of everything had also affected my reproductive health and there was that whole thing going on I was recommended I got treatment from the psychiatrist but I also had to see a psychotherapist and then to treat the pain in my body I was put on physiotherapy so I had to see an orthopedic surgeon and I also had to keep checking in with my gynecologists so one problem for specialists <laughs> at that point I was like what was I thinking saying I would cover the costs because you guys it was expensive it was bloody expensive so whatever I earned like my salary my my meager earnings my meager earnings my meager earnings went into all that like yeah I used everything I had to pay for to pay for health care and um, I, I did therapy I went I saw a psychotherapist I checked in with my doctors regularly and at this point I just want to say I cannot believe the difference that psychotherapy for example made for me talking through things seeing things from a different perspective um, in no time my strength started to return I had friends around me who were super supportive in no time you know my skies began to blue again and I felt ready to go back to work so I made the call to say you know to my country director um, I've been on therapy I feel good to go um, can I can I come back to work how does how does that go around here and she said oh that's that's fantastic to know I'm happy to hear you are bouncing back and um, in keeping with office uh, policy just send us your medical documents send them all to us and yeah we should just you should be good to go so hey I asked all my doctors to send me medical documents which they did and your girl sent them through so I'm waiting 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 to be told you know um, this you're in the clear you can now come back to start work this was on Friday so there was a whole weekend I sent my documents through that whole week the last one sent on Friday there was a whole weekend and a Monday um, Tuesday I go to see a friend of mine and then I come back and there's a letter for me so I'm like okay you know I wasn't expecting anything uh, I could see the letter was from the organization so like 
you know what 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 could it be so my sister asked me um for some reason i just told her you know do you want to read this for me so she she opened it opened the letter and um, whew, she read it and then she told me <clears throat> she cleared her throat that girl Cindy and then she told me I think you you need to read this for yourself I read the letter and essentially um, had been fired. I was fired. And the reason was um, my sick leave or my taking sick leave affected the organization's ability to meet its program requirements. Yeah, fired. In that moment, I felt shock it it was it was too much because my sister was i think she was conflicted she she felt the need to be strong for me but she was also angry like what the hell these guys have just fired you for being sick like you felt sick so like and then all the questions shortly my mom came back all of us were just completely, completely flabbergasted. I used that word. We, we did, I did not see it coming. Why? This is a women's rights organization, feminist, you know. Yes, you know, I, I'm a feminist as well. So I, I did not expect that. In any case, we had been doing work to promote self-care, you know, helping other women cope with COVID. So I was sure. And then I'd got permission to take sick leave. So you people, I, and I've like, it was crazy. The first thing that came into my mind was, what are these guys trying to do to me? Do they want me to relapse? You know, like, what have I done? I have, I've just found myself again. I was angry. That night, I got that letter, I looked at it, I held it, and I wept. My tears burned that paper. I was, I was so confused, I was so angry, and I didn't have answers. That was the thing, because the letter was dropped by a total stranger, like there was no conversation with HR. No one told me anything, nothing, you guys. The last conversation was with the ED country director to say, come back, send your medical documents. Then I am fired. What? Why? How? Was it because I had a mental illness? Like, what? The questions and no one could answer. So we, we were all angry. Um, my, I think my sister also cried. We cried. It, my brothers in the house were just like, but women's rights like you guys are not serious this is this is crazy um but at that point after i cried because the the, the first instinct was to slip into 
self-pity and sadness again. But remember, I'd just come out of a dark place. I'd just come out of a dark episode. I was tempted to ask, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why me, Lord? Why me? Why me? And, and you know, you, you can put it on replay. Um, but I also knew I needed to master whatever strength I had um, to, to go through this. And even in that moment, I could, I could feel, I could feel whatever energy, whatever healing I had, you know, gotten up to that point, just slip through my body, you know, like it was leaking. It was just leaking out of me. And you guys, all the women in me were tired, like again. Today, I'm in a much better place. My mind is in a good place. I am healed. I am, I am stronger. I still do my physiotherapy. I still check in with my psychotherapist. And all of this is part of now learning to live a mentally healthy lifestyle. Some days are better than others, you know. Um, I still have days where I get pain flares, like my body just hurts. But that's because, you know, my body stored that trauma. Um, I'm determined not to let it hinder me. So I've learned how to manage it, you know. I've, I have, I now sleep on an orthopedic mattress. I know when my body is stressed out. I know I do exercises. I've learned to respect the limits of my body. The other thing that really made a difference for me during all of this was having a strong supportive network. My family kept encouraging me to go, you know, to hospital. The other support network I am grateful for are my friends. My friends looked after me. They were my caretakers. I had three friends looking after me and looking after me means helping me with everything, you know, bathroom, everything you guys because with the pain in my body i couldn't do anything going to hospital my friends went with me you know the hospital has concrete slabs so because my body was painful i couldn't sit on those so my friend sat and i had to sit on my friend at 34 years you guys that's what friends do so yeah susan sat and yeah in hospital I sat on her while I waited for my turn to come. Um, so my friends, my friends like really were there for me. Um, and importantly, my mentor. Um, I have very many mentors, but one mentor in particular has really walked this journey with me, Richard Mujisha. Richard told me something in all of this from everything that was happening at work, you know, because some days would be so bad, we would just talk and I would be crying, I would be so angry, like, and he would tell me, Helena, in all of this, do not let any of this chip away at your self-confidence. That's your superpower. You need to stay strong, whatever it is that's happening people cannot define you you are still strong you are still powerful you have whatever it takes to endure even when i went through the mental health breakdown 
he stood by me he kept encouraging me to bounce back to find myself again find my voice again and it helps when you have someone cheering you in your corner because that tells you there's still another chapter in your life to be written you still have things to do i am a strong believer very strong believer in finding purpose out of pain i believe in transforming pain into power all of this that happened as dark as it may seem happened for a reason and yes it was dark yes it was traumatizing annoying painful disheartening discouraging i have made peace with the fact that it was a blessing in disguise does that mean what happened was okay absolutely not but for me as a person to be able to move on to be able to build the next chapter of my life to be able to transform this into an experience that can strengthen myself and all the people i work with my friends young people i work with women i had to turn this crisis into an opportunity if you are watching this and you are a survivor of mental illness of trauma of workplace abuse of any kind of abuse I want you to know that you survived for a reason through all the struggle and pain you matter you matter you matter your story matters your wellness matters your mind matters your experience and your pain matter and your healing matters too your mind is still a repository of treasure it is both your history it's you know it stores your history but it also stores your possibility your story is still unwritten and when it is done it will be incredible but you have to make the choice to carry on now carrying on looks like different things for different people for me carrying on was getting therapy but it was also starting the mindful show in this space um i find i find strength i find encouragement i find hope i find i find reason reason to be strong reason to heal because through the mindful experience the mindful show i am using my story and the story of many other people to build collective strength to build power to encourage healing and to promote mental health awareness if you know someone who struggles with mental health illness please do not give up on them i am here because my friends my family my mentors did not give up on me they encouraged me to fight on inside every person struggling with mental illness is a survivor and inside every person helping someone struggling with mental illness is a champion so you can be a champion and you can be a survivor or you can be both i am both i am a survivor and i am now becoming a champion 
all of that in a nutshell, a very, very, very big nutshell, uh, is how Mindful was born. And um, from a very dark place of abuse comes what I hope will be a platform that will change lives for so, so many. If this story helps one person, just one, I will be content to know that it did. My name is Helena and that is my Mindful Survivor story.